You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. And today, we are talking about uh, yet another Marvel movie. And when I say yet another, we actually haven't talked about that many of them. I think that's the very first thing we actually try and break down in this um, in this episode. But uh, it's starting to become like a... It's starting to become a thing where we just talk about the next Marvel movie, so... Uh, this is no exception. We're going to talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. The main one being that this movie is directed by Sam Raimi. It's his first movie directed since 2013's Oz the Great and Powerful. And um, Sam Raimi, of course, most notably one of the... One of the first big directors in modern superhero movies, you know, he he did Spider-Man and was very successful at it when superhero movies were not yet much of a big draw. So this is his triumphant return to superhero movies with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And um, there's a lot to unpack in this movie. This is a pretty long episode and appropriately... Uh, we go through a lot of stuff. So we actually do mostly avoid spoilers here. We have a soft spoiler warning fairly early and then like a really hard spoiler warning later on. You know, soft spoiler warning is mostly just a precaution. There's actually no spoilers until the hard spoiler warning. So um, that is going to come up probably about half an hour in. I don't remember the exact timestamp, but... You know, it's there. So when you hear spoiler warning, you're gonna be able to you're gonna gonna be able to see that coming. Alright. So another thing here is uh Sam Raimi regularly works with Danny Elfman. And on the last episode, you heard Michael Giacchino's score for the Batman. This episode you're gonna hear a little bit of Danny Elfman's score. And what's, what's especially interesting about that, we mentioned it in the last episode, Michael Giacchino did the original um, a Doctor Strange score, and Danny Elfman did the original Batman score. So now we're going to flip that around a little bit, and maybe that's really just more trivia than anything else, but uh, here is a little bit of Danny Elfman. I'm going to pick the Doctor Strange theme by Danny Elfman. Not the Michael Giacchino Danny Elfman theme. This is going to be a Doctor Strange theme.
back to another episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. And today, we're going to talk about um, another MCU movie. You know, Pierre, like, it took us a while before we got to our first MCU movie, I thought. I guess it was actually only, like, five episodes, because it was Captain Marvel, <laughs> um, which came out, like, the month after we started recording. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, it feel it always feels to me like we haven't done a lot, but I think we actually have, because we did, like... We did Captain Marvel. There's an episode, like the only episode of the show that you aren't on is Avengers Endgame. Um, and then... I'm not, wait, what? I'm... We, Shang-Chi. Maybe it wasn't that many, mm. actually. Yeah. I, what was, what, oh, sorry. I, was, wait, I, I wasn't in a, an episode. I don't even remember this. There's only one episode you haven't been in of the entire series, and that's en- Avengers oh. Endgame. Wait, what? Was this before? Oh, because Wait. it was in the summer. It was in the yeah. summer, and you weren't on campus, and that was when we were still recording in yeah, person. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, never mind. Um, I mean, you're welcome to... We, we can do an episode of Avengers Endgame <laughs> if you feel left out. If you feel left out. <laughs> no, it's, I think I've already talked about that movie enough. Um, it's okay. I've, I've expelled all my thoughts on it. <laughs> Um, did I t- say what movie this is? Uh, we're talking about Doctor Strange 2. Uh, Doctor Strange Mom, as my friend mm-hmm. likes to call it. Multiverse of Madness. And uh, before we really get like talking about this movie specifically, um, this movie was kind of teased t- t- to tie into like all of Marvel's TV shows. And, you know, it delivered on that to varying degrees. I don't think as much as people necessarily expected, which, let's be clear, I very much prefer that movies that I watch don't require that I watch six hours of television first. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. But, like, Marvel is getting to the point where, you know, everything is so interconnected. They now have an entire media empire that you have to have seen in its entirety to fully understand all of the properties. And like, I don't know, that's a little hyperbolic because I don't actually think all the movies are, um, that bad, but, uh, it definitely, Marvel definitely does really want a stranglehold on entertainment. It seems like. Yeah. I I'd say, I mean, I think this the movie is the first time they, they actually straightforwardly connected a movie with a TV show in a way that mm-hmm. you really had to watch the TV show for better context of the movie. Um, and I, I feel like I've been waiting for that for a while, but then also I, I feel like um, it is a little dangerous because even after watching the TV show, like WandaVision, I guess WandaVision, because it's weird because WandaVision is connected to this. And I, Loki was kind of very indirectly connected to this, even though they had the same writer, which I thought was odd. I really thought they had the same, because having the same writer meant that they, these two movies would be very um, sequential, like, because maybe the writer had a greater vision for it or something. Um, but mm-hmm. for the most part, Loki, the show was inconsequential. Well, and I guess What If is the one that I thought was going to tie into this one a lot and ended up tying into it a little bit, but not in a major way. Yeah. You, like, never never super consequentially. I think that's for the best. I really don't think uh, 
a lot of like I if I had to watch a what if episode to enjoy something, um, like especially because the what if episodes I feel like are very, uh, they're very much made for kids if that makes sense. Um, they're, and yeah. the writing is like very not good. So, however you might interpret that, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, this what if was not required at all. Even though I think like a lot of people. I mean, I don't know, is this a spoiler, but, like, the, the Doctor Strange episode of What If was not connected at all to this? Yeah, which definitely seemed to me like it was teased in the trailer. Because in the trailer, there's one scene that where Doctor Strange has, like, an evil smirk on his face, and he looks like an evil Doctor Strange, and he goes, uh, and he goes something like, Hello, Steven, which you know, sounds like evil Doctor Strange from What If, because there is a What If episode <laughs> about evil Doctor Strange. That Doctor Strange is not in this movie, at least not obviously. And I feel like if that Doctor Strange from What If was in this movie, they would, it, it would be obvious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyways, not really too much other, other than WandaVision, not too many connections. Um, I do really wish though that like there was more of a like I'm I'm not gonna doubt Marvel with their with their building blocks and stuff, but it feels like the multiverse arc has been very it I thought there would be an arc, but there there really isn't so far, and it's very confusing. Um sorry, an arc for it's kinda of the multiverse. Cause I, I saw it as kinda like it started with WandaVision and then we got Loki and then we got Spider Man. And then I saw Doctor Strange as, like, the next chapter of it. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, this movie doesn't really connect to Spider-Man at all, either. It's not... You can watch this movie and not have seen Spider-Man and totally understand it as well. So it, it is very... Like, I don't really understand... The multiverse so far isn't so much of a story as it is just, like, a... Almost like a narrative device used in, in multiple movies rather than, like, a yeah. a directed plot line. Yeah, which I guess doesn't have to be that doesn't have to be a bad thing. I'm not entirely sure what Marvel is doing there, but like they may have a greater plan. I know that like part of this is well, part of I know that Loki is going to connect a lot more, probably also indirectly, but it's going to connect a lot more to uh the new Ant-Man movie that comes out eventually. So yeah, we got Loki season like, two, we got Ant-Man. I guess Kang is kind of the, he might be the phase four villain here. And this this is all this multiverse stuff is just kind of maybe just setting up what will happen in the future. This might Maybe this will all pay off way more than we think. Um, maybe. But we'll see. Anyways, um, it's not really that important to the movie. Uh, what is important to the movie is the director. Uh, who directed this movie? Yeah. Jeff? So this is directed by Sam Raimi, which uh, hopefully people will recognize as someone I'm a big fan of. I know that I brought this up on our uh, crossover episode a while back with ContraZoom. Um, I talked about how I talked about like a little bit about how I liked Sam Raimi and you should go listen to that episode because um, it's worth listening to. But anyway, uh, Sam Raimi directed this. This is Sam Raimi's return specifically to superhero movies because he hasn't directed a superhero movie since Spider-Man two back in, I want to say two thousand or Spider-Man three back in 2007. Mm. 
but even to directing because his last movie that he directed was 2013 uh was in 2013 where he directed oz the great and powerful so he hasn't directed he hasn't directed anything in a while and like he's kind of i mean he's famous but he's like uh he's kind of like an underground cult hero because he did he's he's the guy behind the evil dead and he's like the face of cult horror. He's like the number one director for cult horror. He made Bruce Campbell the star that he is. Um, he's like, you know, he's very well known within his niche. And this is not, and because of that, not only was Doctor Strange like massively hyped for Sam Raimi's return to superheroes, but it was also um, at least kind of billed on Sam Raimi bringing in his horror sensibilities, whether that me- whether that ends up meaning that the movie is a full-fledged horror or more that it just incorporates some of those campy elements. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, I would not call this movie a full-fledged horror, but I would definitely say that Sam Raimi is, you know, very much on display here. He definitely brings what he is known for to this movie, at least in some, in some respects. Um, but he was not always the, uh, planned to be the director of this. Pierre, I think you know a little bit more about the behind the scenes of, uh, at least the early behind the scenes of this movie than I do. I know a little bit. Uh, I know Sam Raimi didn't come in for a while. I know Scott Derrickson. Yeah. Scott Derrickson who directed the first Dr. Strange was, um, signed on to this movie i think until like 2020 right like i think it was like a month before they were about to shoot um whether because of be because of covid or whatever but um it sounds like oh yeah in january 2020 he stepped away um and he remained an executive producer which is basically just like an honorary title um but i believe he had a script and from what i know he didn't really want to include Wanda in as big a role as she had, um, mm-hmm. because I think she, I think he wanted the villain to be Nightmare, who is a, a you know a famous Doctor Strange villain, um, right? And it seems like uh, you know Marvel after maybe after like kind of ramping up their plans for Phase Four and doing WandaVision, they kind of rethought and they were like, okay, maybe maybe you want to try something else with this. So, um, so I think he stepped out and Sam Raimi was brought in and they brought in Michael Waldron who, uh, is known for being a writer on Rick and Morty. And then he was brought on to do the first season of Loki. I don't think he's involved in season two though anymore. Um, to rewrite the script and, uh, I guess add more multiverse stuff. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, honestly, it's surprising that they were able to complete the movie on schedule or relatively on schedule, considering how much of a mess the production was at the start. Because again, like they, they basically changed the directors like a month before production was supposed to begin. So like, yeah, considering, considering Derrickson stepped down in January of 2020 and Waldron and Raimi only joined in February of 2020. And it's now May of 2022. And this is a Marvel movie. That means they had a turnaround. They had an insane turnaround for this. Yeah. 
Um, I, but I mean, like, I, I feel like that's why they chose someone like Sam Raimi too. I think he's a very experienced director sure. who, who is probably used to stuff like this. So I think he's probably the most experienced director that Marvel's hired for the first time. Mm. Like Marvel has a pretty, aside from maybe Kenneth Branagh, Marvel has a pretty like their their modus operandi is pretty much just like or at least for the longest part of their um, existence was like hire directors and actors with very little to their name so far. And with Sam Raimi, that is very much not the case. And like the, beyond that, I think maybe you could have said the same. You probably could have said the same for Kenneth Branagh when they hired him for Thor. But aside from that, like most of the, most of the directors they hire are either first time or they haven't directed that much or like, They've directed TV primarily. Sam Raimi is probably the most well-known person they've ever hired, like, first time. Yeah, which is probably why also so much of his style was able to leak through, um, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about later. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's really impressive that this movie came out, just in general. Um, I think that's all we wanted to talk about before, right? Let's see. Yeah, I, I think so. Jump into um, it. Yeah, so I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna do a soft spoiler warning here. We'll start with no spoilers, but like most of the coolest stuff of this movie is spoilers. So if we slip up, this is this is like a this is like a preemptive warning. It might happen, but like we'll probably do a conscious spoiler warning coming up soon, though. Uh, but very but like first off, Pierre, do you want to describe what this movie's about? Sure. Um, without spoil- yeah, so basically, this movie is kind of, I think, sort of in the, the aftermath of No Way Home. I don't know how long ago this No Way Home happened, but, um, and WandaVision, I guess, where, I think it's a few months after WandaVision. I think they say that in the movie, um, where yeah. Doctor Strange is kind of at a point in his life where he's not sure he's happy, um... And he wants, he's, he's thinking he, he's, I guess he's kind of strained by the burden of being a sorcerer. Not even, he's not the sorcerer supreme anymore, as the movie reminds mm-hmm. you a few times, um, and that he's kind of salty about. But yeah, and then basically what happens is you have a, a multiversal being, a, a being that can easily or accidentally transport herself or open portals to other universes or to the multiverse basically I mean, she's, she's a superhero who doesn't know how to use her powers. yeah really. so like it's kind of her origin story um yeah and she stumbles into she's on the run from a monster and she stumbles into strange's universe uh th- this is the main universe they call it the 616 which is like a reference to the comics i guess um mm-hmm. and strange saves saves her and then basically the rest of the movie is kind of keeping her away from the people that are trying to attain, obtain her power and use it for evil purposes. And that's all I can really sure. say without spoiling it. Yeah. That is honestly way vaguer than I thought you were going to go mm. with that, <laughs> which, you know, you're, you're still right. Like that's, that's fine. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, what was I gonna say? Uh, 
Dang, I can't remember. So, but yeah, but like as you said, this is basically an origin story for the uh, character America Chavez, or in in some versions of the comics, named Miss America, who can travel between multiverses. That's that's her power, I guess. And, well, she seems uh, to have some other powers, like she yeah. can do magic punches or something. I mean, she seems like she's definitely got like an inclination towards sorcery mm-hmm. and at the without this i don't think this is a spoiler by the end of the movie she's basically learning sorcery the same way as dr strange is yeah so she has the the sorcerer gene or whatever i don't know if that was actually ever <laughs> clarified like can, can anyone be a sorcerer or is it just people with the gene i, mean, I have no idea i don't know if it, i don't know if it was like clarified either but i don't think there was anything special about Stephen strange mm. okay or at least or at least there wasn't supposed to be i guess there is technically like one throwaway line in iron man 2 or something where he's fine where he finds hydra a hydra agent maybe this was captain america and the winter soldier and one, they all yeah. played together <laughs> yeah but they're like oh we we found Stephen strange it's fine there's something mm-hmm. and like you know i guess maybe he was predestined to be more but i feel like i feel like they never in they never explicitly say or imply that not anyone can be a sorcerer yeah i i yeah but anyways so it was uh i don't know what, what, what did you think of this movie jeff um this movie is gonna be a lot to unpack <laughs> because there's a lot about it that i liked and not just liked, like really liked but overall, I think the movie was kind of fine. Like, it wasn't especially good or bad. It was just, like, sort of middle of the road. But there is a lot that I really liked and quite a bit that I was... I wouldn't say I disliked, but I was just, like, sort of neutral on. Yeah, I... Um, oh, so keep going, keep going. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was done. Um, I, was done I feel that it's, like, it's a very polarizing movie, like, in my head. I really like how how uh like unique it is it's very forward thinking um sam raimi like we were talking about earlier sam raimi's like horror fingerprints are like all over this um and like the i'd say i definitely say this is the most like by far the most um dark aesthetically like movie we've seen from marvel overall um I don't know quite the way to say it because I want to say this is the, this is in my opinion, the closest Marvel has gotten to a horror movie. Mm. It's just that when I say that, it's not that this is close to a horror movie. It's just that there's a lot of like the aesthetics of horror are in it in a lot of places because Sam Raimi's there and they're letting him do his thing. I I definitely, I I felt scared. I'm not going to lie. There was parts where I was kind of scared. Um, but yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. Um, but I mean, considering like this is a $200 million movie and they were willing to put like, cause you know, horror movies are usually like, like five, $10 million, like mm-hmm. putting some of these techniques into a, a blockbuster this big is like, I think in my opinion, really ballsy. Um, and I, I really think it worked out. I think so. Like, I think stylistically, like I'm really happy Sam Raimi directed it in terms of I love the style of it. I really think the biggest mm. problems in this movie were the writing by far. Um, yes. And then also just kind of 
a part of me when I was watching is just like it didn't really feel like this movie was a had a really big impact on the storyline of like because I remember watching No Way Home. It the way they because this might be an advertising problem, but the way they advertise it, like they gave it its own post credit scene in No Way Home. So I was assuming that this movie would be a lot more of an event movie, if that makes sense, in the same vein as No Way Home. Um, whereas this just felt more like another pit stop in like a, a grander I mean, scheme, and I don't really see what it adds overall. Yeah, this felt like a bottle episode. Mm-hmm. If if the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a TV show, this was an episode that ultimately we're going to come back. We're going to talk about some stuff that happened in this movie, but it's not going to have a huge lasting impact. It didn't it didn't feel like. Yeah. It did. that's why it, it definitely felt like an episode of a TV show. Um whereas yeah. like like the the problem I like the I like the art, art Doctor Strange has where it is really smart how they brought in the idea of him i mean this is at the start of the movie but um basically like he has to watch christine get married to someone else this is a woman that was like the love is love of his life at least that's what they're implying based on in the movie um and he and he can't be with her basically because he has to be the sorcerer supreme or you know save the world or whatever so not even the sorcerer (laughs) supreme just the one sorcerer who's a who's got the closest ties to the avengers So like that's that that was interesting because I I like how the multiverse brings in the idea of there are other universes where you, he could have been happy blah 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 and like that whole and then so his plot arc, his plot line or his his arc is basically finding kind of trusting that he's trusting in the moment and being happy where he is now kind of but although like sorry with that. Um, I don't want to draw too many comparisons between this and everything everywhere all at once, because I don't think, I think typically it's in, in most ways you could compare these movies. They're not really that much. There's not really that much to compare, but like in everything everywhere all at once, the multiverse was used as sort of a tool to be like, um, you know, these are all the lives you could have had. And so when she's, when she like interfaces with the multiverse, she sees all of the things she could have done differently. And in this movie, the multiverse is a lot more concrete. Like in, in everything, everywhere, all at once we have like, there's, there's probably like 12 or 15 different um, multiverses that we see at least for, or universes that we see at least for a little bit that all represent like some major, that all further the goal of showing that like she is who she is because she's in the universe that she's Mm -hmm. in. Where in this movie, we only see like three different universes, which is fine, but those like show a little bit of the potential of the multiverse, but really it's more Doctor Strange goes, it's really more of like a Doctor Strange goes on a globetrotting adventure to protect his young ward, which, you know, it doesn't use the multiverse in the same way, which might sound like a criticism the way I'm saying it, but I actually really appreciated that it is different in that Mm -hmm. way. And that, like, yes, there is lots of potential. The, a multiverse, the multiverse as a narrative device has a lot of really cool potential that was not used here the way that it would conventionally be used. But I don't think that's a bad mm-hmm. thing because I think the way it was used here was interesting enough. 
just in a different way. Um, yeah, yeah. I like obviously I don't think you could make a Marvel movie in the same style and with the same emotional resonances, everything everywhere all at once, but mm-hmm. um yeah, it, it was different. So thank God they weren't like just doing a blatant imitation of it. Um Well also I I've I'm fairly certain that everything everywhere all at once was like start probably started and finished filming while this thing was going on, like while Doctor Strange middle. was being made. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was like no risk of being copied or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like the... Uh, I So there was like a character arc. It's just, I think this movie was really their opportunity because I think we... I think the first movie was good in terms of giving Doctor Strange an arc. Um, I liked I liked the character arc they gave him. I just didn't like the movie itself, like the like the mm-hmm. the bigger like the the sorcerer plotline. Um, yeah. But then I thought they really brought up the sorcerer stuff, like in Infinity War. They really made Doctor Strange seem like a badass, um, which I was waiting mm-hmm. for, and I think that's what the character needed. Um, so this movie to me was just more of I I really wanted them to kind of bring both of those elements together and take the next step forward. But right. it didn't feel like it felt like he got kind of got sidelined in his own movie, um, which, you know, the thing is, I'm still not actually convinced that Doctor Strange, not Benedict Cumberbatch, but Doctor Strange specifically is a leading man for these movies, because in every Marvel movie he's been in, he is a fantastic side character mm-hmm. and I think that's actually kind of what works in this movie as well is this isn't his movie. This is the movie origin story for America Chavez, which like, you know, he works as a great side character in this movie, but where he's the main character, it's like, it's never explicitly bad. It's just that like, he doesn't carry the movie the same way that a Peter Parker does or that a Tony Stark does. Well, I I just, I feel like he wasn't, well, he hasn't been given that opportunity yet. Mm-hmm. Like, because again, like uh, in Infinity War, Endgame, Spider-Man, No Way Home, he he was more of a plot device in terms of he was there because the story needed him. And the idea of the, the sorcery, the sorcery stuff adds a lot to it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Whereas like, like here, I really wanted, especially with, I thought we would get much more of it with Sam Raimi because he did so good with the Spider-Man movies. I thought we'd finally get to see strange as a person. Um, yeah. I still don't really relate to him. And that's something Marvel desperately needs right now is now that they, they kind of moved on from the, the, the main heroes from before they really need the new generation of heroes to feel personified again. Right. Like say mm-hmm. what you will about like the Iron Man trilogy. I know it's not the best trilogy, but it really brought it really gave an arc to Tony Stark, which let yeah. them, which let them be, which let Tony Stark be more of a, because he didn't need movies after Iron Man three. He he was okay with being a like more of a side character. I mean, he was the main character in some yeah. of them, right? Like he had a big role, but we didn't need more of that. He arc. was basically the main character of Endgame. Yeah, though I wouldn't say so much about Infinity War. Um. No, he's I he's, he's a mo- main character in Infinity War, but I wouldn't say he's like the central. Yeah. Char- well, Infinity War, the central character is Thanos. Yeah, yeah, and then in yeah, um, 
but anyways, like the so that we need that like Tony Stark, Iron Captain America. I guess Thor is still around, but again, I I feel like Thor is not integral. We need someone like we need Doctor Strange to step up. We need Captain Marvel to step up. I think before yeah, it was Black Panther. Right. Um, but like so far, the only real hero they have that I feel like is at the same level is Spider Man, and they can't rely on Spider Man yeah. because he's not a, a Marvel superhero. He's still Sony right now. Well, and and Marvel definitely needs to like figure out a new hero that can fill that void because even if those heroes right now are Spider-Man and Thor, which I would say are the closest to what you're saying, Spider-Man and Thor are from previous generations of Marvel movies uh, already. Like Thor is from phase one. And like, if Thor movies keep going, great, but he's now sort of an old hero. We need someone new as well. Like he can't, he's not going to be around forever. And Spider-Man the last movie, the last Spider-Man movie ended on a very final note. There will definitely be more Spider-Man movies in the future. However, we don't know when that's going to be because the last one ended on a like, we're not doing any more for a bit. Yeah. And, and like, there may be another Spider-Man movie next year, but there may not be. We don't yeah. know. And I, I don't really, even if Mar- Marvel, like Spider-Man was fully Marvel, Spider-Man's not really so much of an Avengers type of person if that makes sense. Like he has his own thing going on. He, we need like, we need like the, the Avengers level people to represent. And right now I can't I mean, think of anything. And if Dr. Str- Dr. Strange was one of them, but after seeing this movie, I don't know anymore. Straight up. What I'm going to say is we need Captain Marvel two to be really good. Yes. That's what needs to happen and, because Captain Marvel should be the character that steps up. And not just role. really good. We need it to make us like Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah. It needs to not just, yeah. It needs to not just be really good. It needs to be a very, it needs to have a very good arc for Carol Danvers mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. Because And ideally both her and Monica Rambeau, but still. You know, the same thing. Like I remember like Captain America, the first Avenger, not, not a great movie in my opinion, but the, it did amazing work in making us like Steve Rogers. So, it's entirely about like his inner struggle for the first half of yeah. it. And that's what made it work. So, uh and and like even though Joe Anthony and Joe Russo did the second two, like did two and three, they didn't do the first one, but because of what was set up in the first one, it allowed them to make the second and third ones really really good character pieces <laughs> about Captain America specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I just wish this movie had a lot more of that. The, when, once this movie starts, it gets going. Like, there's no yeah. establishment of Doctor Strange's character or where he's at right now. Like, I really just want to see, like, like what what is a day in Doctor Strange's life like? Like, that would have been nice. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same vein of, I think, The Winter Soldier gave us that, where you kind of see Steve, he, he does a mission, and he comes back, and he talks to Peggy, and you kind of see where that's at, his love life. And you just kind of get a sense of, even though the, the 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 movie before that was so far ahead, like so much happened since then, we still get like a, a setting of where he's at in life. This movie was very mm-hmm. plot focused um, and it yes. gets going and it doesn't stop until the end. And when it ends, you don't get, it's, it's a very abrupt ending too. So um, mm-hmm. I don't know. So yeah, plot, like writing wise, uh, I really hope they kind of move on from Michael Waldron at this point. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's a great writer to really, really rely on. Especially, I, I didn't like Loki either. So you know, I I definitely thought Loki was 
weaker in more places than just the finale. And Marvel has like, Marvel has a big problem with finales, but Loki had a big problem just throughout the, uh, a lot of the overall. series, not just finales. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I hope uh, they change that up. But uh, like again, I think we do. We want to get into spoilers because I'm I'm kind of. Yeah, I think. Um, okay, so I'm gonna say right now. Here's here's your last warning. This is gonna be like the hard spoiler warning. We are going to actually do spoilers after this one right here. All right, Pierre, say the biggest spoiler you can just to punish. Me. Uh. Jim Jim from the office plays the guy from Fantastic Four and gets killed in like two seconds. So like straight up, so here's one thing. I'm sorry, I'm I'm probably <clears throat> cutting you off like super. No, hard that right that now, was all I had to say. I, I do just I do just hate John Krasinski. Oh, so oh much. yeah, yeah. So like so like in this movie, um what this movie one thing this movie sort of sets as kind of a precedent, which Obviously, I have no idea the inner workings of, of Marvel. I don't know Kevin Feige's mind. But um, one thing this movie sort of implies is that if you go to a different universe, the the actor playing you is still the same. Like, Doctor Strange in all the other universes was still Benedict Cumberbatch. M- Captain Marvel in all the other universes was Captain Marvel, but had it been Carol Danvers going to a different universe, she would have found a Carol Danvers in every universe played by Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. And like specifically in this case, why that's interesting is because in one universe, we get Charles Xavier played by um, Patrick Stewart, Black Bolt played by a guy whose name I cannot remember, but he was in Anson, an ABC show. Anson something. Anson yeah. Mount. Anson Mount, and he was played. He also played Black Bolt in an ABC show. And we got Lashana Lynch as Captain Marvel, who played Monica Rambo in WandaVision, and will play a the same character in the next Captain Marvel movie. She, you know, she just like takes up, you know, she has powers. She can potentially be Captain Marvel, but she's Monica Ram- or Maria Rambo, not Carol Danvers. But anyway, the point being. In a different universe, you're played by the same guy. Because someone that I was thinking of, a rumor that I had heard that turned out not to be true is I had heard that Tom Cruise was going to be in this movie as Iron Man, as Tony Stark. And I was really looking forward to that. But it didn't happen. And that's okay. I'm not that upset by a cameo. But what is interesting about that is that the way that this movie plays out it implies that had there been a Tony Stark in another universe, it probably would have been Robert Downey Jr. Because like so far we've only gotten, we're only getting, we only got characters who um, we only got actors who had played versions of their same characters in other Marvel properties with the exception of John Krasinski who played Reed Richards, who has not been cast in the MCU at all up until this point. And so now John Krasinski plays Reed Richards. Anyway, all of that is like sort of preamble to me saying that implies that when the actual Fantastic Four movie comes out, Reed Richards, one of my favorite Marvel characters, <laughs> is going to be played by John Krasinski, the most hateable man in Hollywood. I'm so sorry. So like, that sucks. Yeah. Well, um, I heard they actually... I did like the... Oh, so go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I did like, I did think it was really funny that in that universe, everyone gets killed very quickly. 
um, including John Krasinski. But like, I don't know. I guess in the comics, Reed Richards is not very likable. And John Krasinski in real life is not very likable. <laughs> so I guess they I guess they did cast him pretty yeah, well. Yeah, in essence, in that. it's perfect casting. But like Yeah. I but like that sucks because I want to like Reed Richards and uh I I don't. I heard that um they tried to get the guy from the two thousand five movies, but he declined. That sucks yeah. because I so here's here's a little insight into my actual real life. Anytime I go to a uh, anytime I go to the barber shop, I pull up a picture of Yon <laughs> Grafud from the from 2005's Fantastic Four, and I show it to the person at the barber shop, and I'm like, I want to look like that. Make me look like that. I love that guy so much. First cool. off, I love him. I love him aesthetically, but also the couple of things that I've seen him in, I do love him as an mm. actor. And it's a shame that we couldn't get him in this one because that would have been cool. That would have been and cool. And he's a very likable Reed Richards. So it would have been interesting to see him. I don't think this I don't think that this had this movie had much of a much of an arc for a Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. But it would have been interesting to see him as an old grizzled Reed Richards who is no longer very likable mm-hmm. because he played a very charismatic Reed Richards that I liked quite mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah, I, I, it might have been a cool redemption thing for him, even though, like, the way he dies in this is really... That whole fight, I, I kind of love that fight, but it's also really stupid in a lot of ways. Like, the whole... Mm-hmm. Like, okay, going through, we have Black Bull. I thought the Black Bull thing was crazy, actually. That was trippy as hell. Black Bolt is awesome. And, like, I, <clears throat> I heard the ABC show in Humans that he was a part of was not mm-hmm. good. But, but was, like... Black Bolt is a crazy awesome hero. Like, I would love to see him in more things. And it's a shame that the ABC show didn't work out because he's cool mm-hmm. in this. I, I feel like him. we're going to see this guy again in the future. There's, I, I feel like there's no way they bring him back after such a crap. Like, because no one knows the TV show, right? So they could have casted anyone it, and no one yeah. would have cared. But they casted the same guy. So I feel like they're going to bring him back in, in some form. Um because I, I think he is a really cool hero, but yeah, the way he dies in this was just that's when that's when it kind of shifted from like they were doing stuff I never I thought I'd see in a Marvel movie, which is it was it was really brutal. I couldn't believe some of this was PG thirteen with how like disgusting like what he he basically killed himself by by starting a sonic explosion inside his own head. Yeah, yeah. this movie is like gruesome in some parts. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that whole fight was gruesome, the, but the yeah. way he dies was messed up. I thought, well, I thought Reed Richards was really stupid there like that. Cause the, the way those two died too, like I would have expected like Peggy and, uh, Monica Rambo to like dive in, you know, after the strongest guy on the team just died instantly. But then you have, yeah. they, they did this stupid, like all the, the fight them one at a time thing. I heard it was because of reshoots though. Uh, because what happened was they had a different Illuminati lineup and then they added Black Bolt and Reed Richards in post-production or reshoots. Um, so mm-hmm. the fight was very disconnected. But, like, the way Reed died was really stupid, too. Like, at least, like, like it would have been nice to see them do something, you know? Like, these are supposedly, yeah. this was supposedly the team that defeated Thanos on Titan before anything else happened, right? Um mm-hmm. So it would have been nice to see maybe more of a coordinated, it, like if this was like a better, a, a 
superior version of the Avengers, it would have been really cool to see them actually in action. But we don't really yeah. see that. Because they, they were really cocky, though, which I think is part of the the point. Because, they again, they defeated Thanos. They're probably like, they we can defeat the Scarlet Witch. Like, it's probably be pretty easy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, like, the only one who got a really... There were, there were two people that got a really cool death <clears throat> in, that, in that. And one of them is Black Bolt, because that's, like, brutal. Yeah. That that was like that was messed yeah. up. Black Bolt's death yeah. in that, and then also Charles Xavier. Like, I feel like I feel like Patrick Stewart just knows that character really well, and he must bring a lot of his own thoughts to these mm-hmm. because, like, he got the perfect Charles Xavier scene for his death scene. Yeah, which is great. I mean, I really wish they did more. Like, I, okay, I don't really know how Charles's powers work overall. I wish we kind of got more of an an epic sequence but what the way he died was very like personal and really brutal and the way it was filmed too that whole like the white void they were in was like really creepy Um, well i mean the very first thing that came to mind when i saw patrick stewart go into a white void with a door is i'm like oh patrick stewart renowned actor of stage and screen this is like an avant-garde play like he he definitely like he 100% brought his own ideas to that as mm-hmm. well. Maybe not in too much of it. I don't know how much, but like the way that it was filmed and like set laid out as something completely stylistically different from everything else in the movie was super cool. Mm-hmm. And not just very Charles Xavier. It was very Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. too, which I think was really yeah. cool. So yes, I'm really, I, I thought he was cool. Uh, Captain Carter was actually great. I loved her. Uh, mm. the way she died was act that was I think that was the harshest death to me. The being yeah. sliced sliced in half by her own shield was really messed up. Um, I did I did dislike that she had the line I could do this all day though because it's like ah come on you don't have to define yourself through your relationship. That's fair, yeah. Well, I guess we don't know if maybe that was her line in this universe, but I I doubt. Yeah, it was a little felt yeah. a little forced. It's just. I mean, just like in out of con, like not not in universe, but like out of universe. It's like that's that's just to make people go remember Infinity War or I guess Endgame and like yeah, I, I yeah, get it. yeah, it's fine. Uh, I, I I loved Captain Marvel though. I thought this was this. <laughs> unfortunately, I this is like my favorite interpretation of Captain Marvel. I thought she was like a yo. Lashana Lynch is a great Captain Marvel, and I can't wait to see her in Captain Marvel too. I hope Brie Larson can rise to the occasion. <laughs> I, I thought she was. I thought she was like badass in this. It was really cool when she's like, "Get the hell out of my universe!" And I don't know. It was. She was really cool. Um, and that that fight was really epic. Actually, that that's what I wanted from like yeah. each of the members. I wanted them all to go out like in a pretty big way. Uh, except for I, okay, honestly, like the way Black Bolt died was perfect. I, I don't think. Except you could have done that any other way, but yeah, the whole Illuminati thing was really interesting. But again, it, it didn't really feel. It felt like a very much like a side. If it, it it didn't feel like it was needed in the movie, if that makes sense. As much as cool as that whole universe <laughs> is, and I think that's the one that's worth talking about the most, or at least that invites the most to talk about. It's neither the most interesting universe, nor is it the most important to the plot. Yeah, like. Which is weird. I, you could have theoretically, because basically the only thing Strange needed from that universe is to meet Rachel, the the other version of Rachel, or not Rachel. Sorry, I'm saying Rachel McKenna. Christine. He, he needed to meet another Christine, version of Christine, yeah. and then find out about 
that they knew where the Book of Vishanti is, or even though the Book of Vishanti didn't end up being relevant to the plot in any way. No, it was because when you have the Book of, well, I guess it wasn't. It was more of a ultimately. It was kind of a MacGuffin that didn't end up being used. Yeah. yeah, it was like now that we when they finally get the book of Vishanti, it's like now that we found this, oh, it's destroyed. But you know what? The real book of Vishanti was the friends we made along yeah, the way. Yeah, like something they, like that, right? Yeah. So, uh, that like so the essentially the whole and it, it, that's the thing. If they were going to do this universe where like if if we're gonna pull so much time into this other universe, at least make it like really interesting, which is why it would have been cool to see Tom Cruise here. I think. Mm-hmm. Or, like, maybe, like, a more spectacular action scene or something like that. Because, like, uh, all I really got from this, like, character-wise, too, is that Wanda could defeat the Avengers as well. Like, she's really, really yeah. powerful. But we already knew that. Because Doctor Strange had been running from her the whole time. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. And, I feel like, this is, like, the Ultron bots were there, too. And, like, everything. It felt like... Like how how could you not? Um, yeah, I just I guess in a multiverse of madness movie, ironic. Like they had a lot of multiverse stuff. I just kind of wish we had more. Honestly, I think like it could. <clears throat> I I would really like to see a Marvel like a version of this movie that goes balls to the wall with the multiverse stuff, and just like every five minutes they're in a different multiverse, and we ex- and they really use how insane that concept can get. Yeah. That's not this movie, and I don't think that this movie should nest. I don't. Th- I think that the way this movie turned out was fine, but like, I can you know I can imagine a uni- like a a version of this movie that's way more insane, and that would also have been a cool thing. I just hope that we one day get a t- chance to see something like that too. Yeah, I hope so. Because again, if if we aren't going to get the arc for Doctor Strange that we want, at least make it a really crazy movie but we kind of didn't really get either this this was more it it felt very small while also not giving us any of the intimate stuff a small movie is supposed to give us so yeah um yeah and uh i don't know that so yeah the the illuminati scene was cool not really like important um i thought the whole like mordo thing too i don't know what they're doing with mordo it's in such a weird spot because apparently they had a like, scene cut from this movie where Mordo from the main universe actually dies to Wanda. She kills him or he's trying to kill her and then oh, she weird. kills him, um, which actually would have been kind of interesting. It would have really kind of set a tone for the movie, but then also mm-hmm. like, so that was cut, but then we don't really get main Mordo in this movie. Like what, what is he doing? What, what was the point? Like so much of Dr. Strange I mean- one is just kind of dropped in this movie. That's why so much of this kind of feels like a bottle episode because there's there's so many elements of this movie that I mean just the fact that like all the important stuff happens in other universes means very little in the main universe matters. Like Mordo in the main universe isn't in this movie. Like yeah. not in the finished version. They reference him. And yeah. yeah, he's referenced but he's never actually there in the finished version of this movie. So all the development that we get with Mordo in this movie does not matter because it's in a different universe and we're probably never going to see him again. 
Well, yeah, it's been like six years, and we're not gonna get a Doctor Strange movie. I feel like for another three years, so it's like. Well, I mean, I meant, I meant, we're never gonna see that new version oh, of sorry, Mordo again. One. We may, oh, yeah, see, yeah. we may see old Mordo, but old Mordo, his, uh, any plot that happens to like main universe Mordo in the next Doctor Strange movie or the next any Marvel movie is going to not not have anything to do with yeah. this. Movie. Which well, I mean, like you, know, you never, like well, not yeah. this movie, but like now that you mention it, like I, I feel like it might be cool in the future to see the repercussions of the Illuminati world in terms of how that might affect the main universe, if that makes sense. Because basically, mm-hmm. Wanda from the six one six universe entered that universe, killed their greatest heroes, and then left. And all those heroes have like. Like, you know, Reed had a family. They clarified Reed had... Like, the Fantastic Four existed in that universe, I'm pretty sure. Reed had a family. Mm-hmm. The X-Men probably existed in that universe. The Inhumans probably existed in that universe. Like, there must there must be repercussions. Especially because yeah. this is one of the only universes that knows and understands multiversal travel. So, mm-hmm. like, there, there might be something in the future. But again, this didn't affect the movie at all. So, it's still filler. It doesn't make it a better yeah. movie. Um. Yeah, there's just a lot of that in this movie. I don't know. I, I feel bad. I, I've been um, ranting. I feel like we've been talking a lot about how we were disappointed, but... Uh, let's let's actually talk about the cool yeah. stuff in this movie, because I don't want people to get the wrong impression. There was a lot of cool stuff in this yeah, movie. Yeah, for sure. I really, liked, I really liked the horror and campy elements that Sam Raimi was able to bring into this. There's so many cool segments, like... There's a segment where Wanda is trapped in the mirror universe from the first movie, but like because she's a really powerful magic user, she finds ways to get mm-hmm. out. Except that like no one knows that's a thing you yeah. can do. So when they're sitting around in the room regrouping, they're just being randomly attacked by Wanda, who's using reflections mm-hmm. to like come through to real to the real universe, yeah. which is very cool and like has some really actually scary scenes in it. It's very, it's, it's reminiscent a little bit of the Doc Ock scene in uh, Spider-Man two, like the one where he becomes Doc yeah. Ock and like, no one quite knows what's going on, but then the arms take over. It's like, you basically get a straight up horror sequence because there's that one part where she climbs out of the gong, I think. And it's like yeah. really like the, her, her body's like dismorphed and like really messed up. And it like kind of, kind mm-hmm. of does like the weird creaky thing where it comes back together there's some really cool stuff the like horror that. thing where like joints are in the wrong yeah yeah stuff like that so that yeah. was really cool i love that i love that stuff um and there's a lot of like stuff like that like uh, a lot of the shot choices too were like really cool that whole sequence i mean i okay i actually didn't like the sequence with the sequence when wanda's they kind of get like a guitar riff and she's like searching the multiverse to find out where Doctor Strange and America Chavez are um, through like those little globes was like kind of funny. It was, it felt like very, it was just very corny. It was like those like, um, it felt like a a montage from like a CSI, uh, like a CSI show where um, they're like, they're like doing the chemistry stuff to, to find out who did it or something like that um yeah but yeah um and then stuff like it was really i mean we already talked about the brutal stuff um 
I, it was very tonally. I liked how seriously it took itself too. There was like maybe two jokes in this movie I can think of. At least once it gets going, I can't mm. think. And it, it, they're never like they're not the stereotypical Marvel jokes. They're it was it was for the most part a very serious movie. But I also love how this movie took itself seriously because it was in a very Sam Raimi way yeah. where it's taking itself seriously, but everything that's happening is actually like really absurd. Yeah, like the so at the very. At the very end, for example, like this is the ultimate spoiler if people still haven't somehow tuned out. But like at the very end, he possesses Doctor Strange, possesses a dead Doctor Strange to become like zombie Doctor Strange and then uses the power of demons to fight off Wanda, which is hilarious, but also takes itself so seriously. Yeah, the the demons themselves were kind of silly, especially in that scene where... Because they don't even seem that dangerous. Like, there's that scene where Christine just kind of kills four of them um, with that, yeah. that gong thing or whatever that they reference in the first movie. Um, so they never mm-hmm. seemed that terrifying. But they were also, like, kind of really creepy at the same time. It's very confusing. But, yeah, it, it did feel very Sam Raimi. Sam raimi it, it definitely reminded me of The Evil Dead, where the zombies are actually terrifying to look mm-hmm. at, but are just kind of, like but are written in a really funny way where they're just like, ah, I'm going to get you, but they look really funny. Yeah. I mean, they're really scary, but the zombies are just like, get over here. Come on. I can't walk very fast. <laughs> I mean, it did, it did kind of fit the whole, um, I mean, like in that scene, that scene is so weird. It's like Dr. Strange is possessing his body from another multiverse that is decayed to fight to fight Wanda and then he's attacked. and then he gets a cape full of demons that help him fly to the cave where he proceeds to fight Wanda. <laughs> it's like, think about it's it. It's very a weird silly, sequence. but it takes itself so seriously. Yeah, but it kind of works, I think. Like I definitely a, thought it a lot worked. of like that was one of my favorite parts. We'll of the see, movie. like writing wise, a lot of it just makes no sense, right? But because of I feel like the director it, it works in its own weird way but like it shouldn't have mm-hmm. because again like none of this was established like like i get dreamwalking was established but this whole demons from hell thing came out of nowhere and it was very confusing yeah they're like Doc- they're like wait you can't do that that's forbidden and then he goes into a zombie body and the demons are like this is forbidden and then he still does it it's like, okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it didn't right. seem like the consequences didn't seem that bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh stuff like that was really cool. I, I liked Wong. I mean I, I wish Wong had more to do, but I, I liked him. I mean the acting overall was like good. Like I think mm-hmm. I wish again, I wish a lot of characters had more time to shine. But when characters did get to get to hit like I loved uh like I mean Elizabeth Olsen in this movie was really good. Um This is like this is the version of Wanda that I really wanted to see in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Like, this is exactly the villain I wanted in Avengers Age of Ultron. And, like, I'm really glad that... Not only am I really glad that we finally got that, I'm really glad that Sam Raimi was able to do that because I think Sam Raimi... Uh, Sam Raimi brought a lot to Wanda specifically. Like, his style really fits with the Scarlet Witch, I think. Oh, yeah, I think he was the perfect fit for this movie. I can't think of, I mean, there's no one else in the Marvel repertoire 
so far that I feel like could really capture how terrifying uh, I guess that she was. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was really cool. Um, and I think she did a great job, especially like, I mean, I like a lot of like Benedict Cumberbatch too, like inhabiting all these different, but I guess there were three different Doctor Stranges. Technically four. Yes. One was dead, but it was, he was in a flashback. Um, oh yeah. Stuff like was. that was really cool. I'm kind of disappointed. I, I wish they gave more to Rachel. I love Rachel McAdams, but she was not really given much in this movie either. They gave her a surprising amount, I will say. Mm-hmm. But she she definitely felt kind of sidelined. Like I wish maybe she was more of a, a real part of the Illuminati and not just like a random worker. Yeah. Um or someone someone said it would have been cool if she was in the post credit scene and she was Clea. Like just the the one that oh, I hated that post credit scene by the way. Oh, oh god. No, I'm saying bad things. I again. thought it was hilarious. It was just I actually lo- I actually loved the post credit scene because so many post credit scenes just feel like there's no time to explain. Come with me. And I loved that this post credit scene was un- was unapologetically exactly that. Like it was literally it he's walking on a sidewalk. Yeah. She opens a portal. She's like, come with me. And he's like, okay. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's so I don't want to give the impression that that post credit scene was like self-aware. It wasn't. I thought it was just funny that they, like Sam Raimi was like, "Oh shit, we need a post credit scene." Uh, Charlie's Theron appears. She says, "There's no time to explain. Get in the portal." And then Doctor Strange puts on his cloak and gets in the portal. It's like great. Well, that's, it, just, it. it feels. I remember post credit scene used to get me so hyped for the next movie. This the lately they just feel kind of lazy. I don't know. I can't think of the last yeah. one that really made me. Like did, wait, did Spider Man I mean, even have a post credit scene? I can't even think of it. I don't remember. Like, I know it had two. I feel like it must have. I know that it had like a trailer for Doctor Strange at the end. So that was the second one. But I think it. Yeah, I think there was one before that. But see what I mean? Like, I feel like this used to be like very like I like I was so excited for the next movie. Like, um, mm-hmm. like Shang Chi. I can't. Oh, the post credit scene. Oh yeah, was there, there was a post credit scene in Spider Man. It was uh, Tom. It was uh, Tom Hardy. Oh well, yeah. Venom. See, that's not. It was just a, a throwaway post credit scene, uh, yeah. except for the symbiote. But like, I don't know when we're gonna see that again. Um, but yeah, I'm talking about like I remember, like I, I think the fate all the Phase Three post credit scenes were really good. Actually, no. Well, I mean, a lot. Of, anyways. I don't know why I'm getting picky about post-credits scene now, but um, yeah, we're talking about good stuff. Uh, what, what else did I like? I liked I liked some of the action sequences. I thought they were cool, like the way they were there's directed. A, there's a really there's a really cool action sequence in this where Doctor Strange fights Doctor Strange using musical notes. Yeah, that which like it made no it's sense. Really inventive. <laughs> uh, no, it didn't make any sense, but it was really like visually and audially very yeah. appealing. Um, <laughs> I, I still can't believe I actually saw that scene. That was so weird. <laughs> um, what else was there? I, I liked I liked the scene at the start where he where he fights the monster. It was like a cool intro scene. Um, I did kind of wish I thought the siege the the attack on Kamratage was a little weird. Uh, and I, I I thought they would. I don't know. Whenever you you have a, whenever Marvel brings in like an army of people, it always feels really lame. Like, 
the Wakandans as like a solo as like individually seem very strong, but as a group, when they come out and you're like, okay, these guys have spears, they have spears and they're charging at the enemy straight on. Like it just feels stupid. Same thing with Shang-Chi same thing. Shang-Chi was the worst. Of yeah, Shang-Chi was really bad. The Asgardians, like, whenever the Asgardians fight, you're like, this is seriously the most advanced species in, like, the universe, and they're they're fighting with swords and shields. Like, like I, I don't mind, because I get, I get, like, a lot of movies have to go down that route because it's just more visually pleasing and easier to do. Mm-hmm. But just, like, it, like, at least, like, make it... I don't know. Like, just don't put yourself in that position if you have to do that. Because, like, same thing with yeah. this movie. Like, they were they were using magical arrows. Like, what is that? What, what's the difference? These are a bunch of sorcerers. You think they'd have some really cool spells up their sleeves, but in the mm-hmm. end, it was just like put up magical shields and and then they have that magical cannon too. Like, what what is? Why are they using ammo? Was They're... it a magical cannon? I thought it was just like a firecracker well, like... cannon. Like it. Well, it was a cannon that behaved like a regular cannon, but it had sparks come out of it. So, oh, yeah, I mean that's why I thought it was just a. Fire I don't know. Or... It was just weird. Like, just give us some. Maybe they could have summoned like a huge monster. Like something like that would have been cool. But yeah, it just felt kind of lame. Um, mm. damn it, I'm saying but bad things again. I like this movie. I liked it. Yeah, I don't know. Like. I'm actually not sure how much more I have to say about this movie without I, getting, like, super into the details, honestly. Yeah, same. And I think, like, basically, I guess to sum up, this movie felt like a bottle episode, and I think that brings with it all the good and bad that that would bring, that, that, like, that, like, a bottle episode would mm-hmm. have. Like, it didn't feel like it was super impactful to the MCU, but overall, I think, and and, like, I also didn't get that much out of Doctor Strange's character arc specifically, mm-hmm. but the acting was all good. The action sequences were great. I thought Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi brought like a lot of cool um, visual flair to it, as did, and like clearly Sam Raimi and Danny Elfman have a really good working relationship mm-hmm. because their work complemented each other very well. I thought that Wanda Maximoff was a really good villain. Uh, I don't think that that, character necessarily fits with the way she has been portrayed throughout the mcu so far Mm. but if we were to see this movie in a vacuum i think she works really Mm. well so like basically i i would say this movie is flawed but there's a lot there's a lot to like um despite all its flaws and honestly like the flaws that it has we're starting to get to the point, I think, where there's just too many Marvel movies, none of which are, none of which go out of their way to be their own thing. They all have to fit into this giant continuity, mm-hmm. which is going to have as one of the effects of that, like these, you know, um, what, what am I trying to say? It's like, at the end of the day, we're going to like, because the fact because these movies all have to fit together, they're going to have problems going forward increasingly being their own individual thing. Yeah. And like that's mostly where the problems in this movie come from, is that it has to fit into the larger Marvel context, which means that in some spaces it kind of sacrifices things like writing and character consistency 
Uh, yeah, that that is unfortunate. Um, I hope I hope it's something they kind of work on in the future. But again, it's Marvel, so I feel like I feel like I'm really underestimating them. But then I'm also like, I I feel like if they keep going down the route they've been going on in Phase Four, I don't see how much more of a future this might have potentially. But I might just be mm-hmm. a hater right now. But um, I'm I'm very confused at the Marvel trajectory at the yeah. moment, just because like up until up until Thanos it was very clear what everything was working towards. Mm. And now it's not that clear. And that doesn't have to be a problem. But it kind of is because everything still is trying to fit together and be like super interconnected. And um, yeah. I straight up, I don't know if that's the right call. Yeah, it's like, but it's like yeah. trying to do both at the same time. Because exactly. again, like we had all this multi, we've had like four properties dedicated towards the multiverse, and it never really felt like they were all connected. Like even yeah. this is technically connected to Wandavision, but also like it, I never really felt like it. Um, I saw an article that I did not, I didn't read the whole article. I only just saw it in passing that said Sam Raimi hasn't watched all of Wandavision <laughs> and it shows, and I'm like. I see that. Yeah, I mean, if I was him, I I, I probably wouldn't give a shit. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> he's probably paid a lot of money to direct a movie. I doubt he wants to be like, you know, what? like I have to watch this show now. Like, I, I doubt well, he actually has even... a lot of emotional investment in in Doctor Strange as a whole. Also, <laughs> for what it's worth, the show WandaVision didn't exist in its entirety before when when he started. Oh well, yeah, it's movie. weird because WandaVision originally was slated to come out after Doctor Strange. Was Which it? makes it really weird. I don't understand. That does make it a lot, very a lot weird of, because this movie requires... It's, it's a sequel to WandaVision. Yeah, a lot of things I think were switched around. Uh, maybe because of COVID. I don't really know, though. Like, it's, it's, it's very weird, but... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope Marvel kind of starts connecting these dots because I'm honestly starting to lose interest i'm not really excited i'm excited for thor just because it's thor and it was good before <laughs> but it's also taika white yeah and it's taika white but um i can't really say i'm i'm too excited for many of the properties in the future unfortunately um i mean we'll see marvel is at a weird spot where there is potential to do very cool very weird things they have not used that potential, and I'm not convinced they will, but I'm really hoping they do because, like, this is the spot where it makes sense. Like, Loki came out Loki came out now, and, like, Loki was... That potential was squandered, but Loki had the... came out at a time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where it's like, this is the perfect time to do something really wild with mm-hmm. this property. And they didn't, but like we're still in that time. Something could still happen. She-Hulk might be the greatest Marvel Cinematic Universe property ever made. Yeah, but is it? It's not impossible. Is it something that's gonna like really, like if She-Hulk's good though? I'm not gonna be like, hey, Marvel's finally back on track. You know, it'll be more like this is this feels like an individual property that Marvel did well. But that's what I'm saying. Is like that's what 
excites me more about Marvel movies because like, I don't know where Marvel's track is. So, so right now I either want to eventually, hopefully soon see where the track is leading. And so that I can like get on board for Mm -hmm. that. Or if not, I want to see directors in Marvel go like, you know, just like do their wildest fantasies and get away with it, which would not lead, which would not like, that probably wouldn't, that doesn't have to like show me exactly where Marvel is going with things. But, you know, I either want really exciting properties or I want to know what's happening because right now I don't really know either. Yeah. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure what they're doing. Cause this one, like this movie definitely had a lot of Sam Raimi in it. But after this movie is done, I can enjoy it enough on its own but I have no idea what's next. And this movie wasn't great enough where I'm like, this is one of my favorite movies of the year, hands down. Mm-hmm. I think like, it's fine. I enjoyed it. I saw it twice. Mm-hmm. So like, I enjoyed good. it. It was but like definitely the most interesting you know, Marvel movie I've seen in a long time. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I guess, is in some ways a good sign. But anyways, sure. what would you give this movie out of 10? I'd give it like a strong six, mm. maybe a week seven. Yeah, I'd say like a six point five, maybe a seven two. Sense. Yeah, um, cool, nice. Um, all right. So coming up next week, let's talk about. Uh, weirdly enough, our first Nicolas Cage movie. It's going to be the one where Nicolas Cage actually plays himself. I think it's a good one to start on. It makes sense. Probably. Yeah. Maybe I'll, uh, there's, there's like a laundry list of you should watch these movies before you watch Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I've actually already seen Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, so I might go back and try and watch that list in preparation. So I can add in some context when we talk about it. Mm. Pierre, what's the last word? Multiverse.